Princesses. Prince William. Colors. Welcome back to PW Colors. I'm JB Upper again, and this is episode four, which is a continuation of the conversation that Ikra and Chloe started with alumni of color who've graduated from Prince William County Public Schools. We jump into the conversation where Ikra is responding to the story that Danielle was telling about her experience of being persecuted in high school. So if you haven't listened to episode three yet, stop, reverse, go back, listen to that, and then come back to this episode. That's so infuriating. Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. The system is literally built to serve the few and the I, I mean, it's so, and it's so disappointing to like know that it's been 10 years since like that experience to you and like to Danielle and like Alex has occurred. But even now the black students in our county are expelled, suspended three times more than like any other race. And Latino are dropping at a higher rate. And that's, that's because we're failing them. It's not like they don't want to study. They don't want to do it. We're failing them. And, and that's just crazy to me. And like, and I think like they don't acknowledge the toll that these things take on students' mental health. Like, and so like I guess like talking about mental health, like how did your schools cater to your mental health needs if they did at all? Or did you have somebody to go to if you were down? So I never personally felt like the counselors were very intentional in reaching out to us. Uh, although I remember I do remember uh, certain like. Cause I felt like it was more so like they expected you to come to them, you know? And especially as somebody who's like first gen, those things don't come to you like naturally, you know? Uh, my parent, my, my mom doesn't know anything about like what, what it means to, to ask the school for like help, you know? You know, a lot of these things, especially this, this sort of like, there's a lot of cultural like uh, pressure to do things on your own, you know? To, to figure it out yourself, you know, to not ask for help, those type of things, unless you're like talking to the teacher, you know, and, and they, t- they say, oh, you know, always ask questions to the teacher. That's about it, you know. But your, your parents are not usually very involved in the process, you know, unless things get like really extreme. So in my case, I, I felt I had, um, I think it was my, my junior year. Uh, I was having a lot of issues at home. And so I remember when my mom like lashed out on me and she said, I'm going to call your school and tell them that you're being bad, da, 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 da. And, you know, and I think her, her being her, like, she thought that she was, she unintentionally, like, helped me out, <laughs> uh, but she was trying to punish me, so she called the school, and then the school brought me in, I remember the school counselor called me in um, the next day, they, uh, during one of my periods, and I was really confused, but, so, I, so I go in, and they were like, hey, would you like to be part of, like, a group therapy program, and, uh, back then I was, uh, I don't know what overcame me, but I was very interested in like self-help and, you know, because I, I was having a lot of issues at home. So I thought it was very important for me to, to do this, you know? <laughs> and I thought it was just funny because like, I realized at the moment that my mom was like, it was, the reason I was there because of my mom, but she wasn't, she wasn't, she didn't realize that she was actually helping me out. <laughs> um, so I signed the I signed the document because they were like they were like you don't have to do this if you don't want to and I was like no I'll do it I think this is good uh, so I joined I joined this group therapy program that lasted from I was able to to continue it up until like senior year 
But basically, like, that program, I think, for me, I always felt really out of place because I was the only, like, brown person in... <laughs> I was the only, only brown person. I'm pretty sure I was the only person of color in, in that space. Like, everybody else is white. So when they would ask us to share, like, our experiences, it was very uncomfortable for me because, you know... Um, I just couldn't relate to them. And I don't want to, I, I never like to like put people's like situations, like uh, sort of like, you know, like um, how, how would I explain it? Um, like mine's worse than them's, but it literally felt that way. You know, <laughs> you know, I was, I was in a situation where I didn't have like, I, I grew I mean, I was growing up with a single mother, you know, I didn't have any electricity or water or, or gas uh, at certain times uh, uh, at, at my own, you know, at, at home. So these things were, I, I was dealing with how, one, wondering whether or not I could eat, you know, the next day, you know, or, you know, and, and then like, you can't, you can't focus on school when you know, those things are going on, you know? And then everybody around me was dealing with like, my mom's yelling at me, you know, or, you know, yelled at me, or my mom doesn't understand me, or, you know, I'm just like, my mom doesn't understand me, plus, I don't know if I can't eat, you know, and it's just like, uh, it was a very, like, it was a very, very, just sort of, like, out of body, like, I, I couldn't, I couldn't relate to them, I didn't want to tell them what I was going through, you know, uh, and sometimes I felt like I was sort of the, like the the uh, the guinea pig in the room, you know, as like they I was as if I was like sort of like an experiment to see like so to for them to try to like understand me, you know. That was that was about the extent of like my counseling, and I could tell just by being the only person in the room that there weren't a lot of people like me that 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 were really offered like these type of opportunities, you know. And it sucked that that even even while being in in that space, which was already sort of like a privileged space it still wasn't like something that I felt like was super impactful in my life, you know? Thank you for sharing that. Uh, such a, like you hit a dead end because like the teachers don't look like you, the counselors don't look like you. This, even if they do, like they might not be coming from a place to understand you or like to sit down and have a conversation with you. And you're just like, and as like a first generation low income or just like a person of color, like they're, I mean, everyone has struggles, but I feel like in a school where in a system which is like built kind of against you, you have more struggles to or more obstacles to overcome and just not being provided with like with like good or quality um mental health resources is it's just wild to me. Um if anybody else wants to go or like you don't even have to talk about mental health, I know it's such a sensitive topic so but if anybody else wants to share anything or their experience or like experience with teachers or anything at all feel free yeah I guess um there's also like I've seen online sometimes and it was in my own experience where there's like this culture with like teachers getting away with saying things that are like either really racist or Islamophobic or sexist you know like these really horrible things that they get away with and there's no accountability for it um so like making jokes and then gaslighting their students right or um 
Like I remember uh, our teacher told us that our principal said that all of the Latino students were always late to soccer practice because they were on Rican time, like Puerto Rican time. Right. And like, that was not okay to say. And I don't know why our teacher told us in our class, like, it was very bizarre. And I was like one of the only Latinx students in the class too. And I'm like, that makes my initial reaction was like, that makes no sense. Cause we're mostly like Central American, South American, but I didn't realize at the time it was a stereotype. So I kind of relate to that. And I was also in AP classes in my school and it was normally like two other people, two, three out of like a 34 people class um, that were people of color. And a lot of times, like I remember like this one particular class, a teacher that was an English teacher and she always wanted to bring up these like topics and it would be so hard to like sit in those rooms and feel like, like for one, I'm mixed like Filipino and black. So like, in those instances, I would feel like I have to like speak for, like me and another friend that were both mixed felt like we had to speak for like the black experience, but like our experiences were so individual. It's just hard to like, like tell someone like when we were like 16, like describe, like, like explain to her a specific thing. And it just always haunts me like thinking about those conversations now because like I feel like I can articulate myself better but back then I couldn't and I mean I mean there was even this one time where she was like talking about how like why why is there a black history month why isn't there a white month and we were just like what are you talking about and we were like like we were like trying to explain to her and then she she was like but my my uncle was in a war and stuff and blah, 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 like, why, why don't we get a month? And then I was like, you get every month. Like, what? I don't understand. But I, I don't know. It was just, yeah. I just, I feel like it's just so irritating having these type of teachers because, like, you can't, you won't, you don't really know how to, how to say it in the moment or, like, or, like, know what to do. But then you get older and then you have to think about it for so long. Chloe, I think you're muted. Oh, I just said that's the worst when you realize what you could have done in the past or when you realize what happened in the past was something way larger than the younger you could have um, ever imagined. And I've, I've had a similar experience that you have had. Like this year, I'm in AP chemistry and I'm literally the only Black person. And there's just certain classes, I feel like I have to be the spokesperson and that's that's horrible a spokesperson for like all the black and brown people in the entire world whenever topics come up in class it's like <laughs> we're so different like each race each ethnicity even each individual family to family our experiences are so different and it's just crazy that people think that uh grouping us together is acceptable it just it even sucked too because in like high school I'm sorry I was really like having a lot of issues with like race within myself like I I, I felt like I couldn't even speak on racial issues because like I can't I my experience is not the same like I can't say I experienced experienced racism like how you guys experience racism like in your specific way so I just felt like my experience wasn't even valid but at the same time it was like I can't say nothing so I just kept battling myself but at the same time like feeling so frustrated and I just come home so mad and then my mom would be like what's wrong with you and I'd be like I don't know I'm just so pissed off. 
<laughs> I just want to point out, I just want to say that, uh, that when I was in school, I didn't realize a lot of those things were racist. The things that were going on that were happening to me were racist, you know? I thought that that's just how things were, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah, it, it isn't until now as, as I've gotten older that I've been able to, like, reflect and understand that that there's without a shadow of my, you know, of a doubt that those things were racially motivated, you know, that there was, there was sort of like preconceived notions or biases that people held, you know, about me and, and people around me, you know, and it sucks that that's something that I've had to figure out up until now, you know, because if I knew that back then, you know, uh, I probably would have taken different actions, you know, uh, would have contacted, you know, certain people and whatnot to make sure that that you know as 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 a diaspora you know and just that like a person of color in general you know that this doesn't continue to happen to like folks like me um i would also add to that to say that when you are experiencing certain stuff um in high school or middle or, or even elementary school at time it doesn't seem very important or a big deal but once you grow up you realize how much it has impacted you uh, to what capacity and why you are not taking certain actions because from a very young age you were told you're not worthy or like you people have been racist against you especially if you're a teacher or you are a principal you have power and privilege because of your position so if you are not using your privileges in the right way and your power in the right way you are impacting these students in long term especially the students who are already oppressed by the system the students who never see somebody like them in in a higher position so when you go to enter um, college or when you start a job you tend to overlook this stuff and still say, oh, it's okay, the world is like this. And at the same time, Alex, to add to your point, it shouldn't fall on you to educate your teachers or take actions in order to break down the racism and tell them what's right or what's wrong. These people, every single one of them went to college. They should be able to understand that gaslighting your student um, is gonna impact them in long run and if you choose to be a teacher you should know that you're changing somebody's word word with like basic sentences that you're going to use on daily basis um and then talking about how the elementary school in general works in um in prince william county is our students of color or children of color grow up around white people and white teachers who continuously compliment the white student in the classroom so these students of color come to come home and say my hair is not pretty my skin color is not pretty i don't want to look like this why i was born like this when I immigrated here, I had to talk to my sister every single night. She's She was seven years old at the time of why it's not okay for her to dye her hair blonde at a very young age. So these students grew up not seeing anybody like them or not getting compliments or people not calling them pretty. So they end up thinking that it's not okay for them to embrace their identity and love themselves. Um, another thing, another point to the previous um, talk that we had is there's a difference between diversity and inclusion. We are really eager again to check our diversity box and say we have 53% people of color or whatever person, women of color in this position. If you don't have somebody with intersectional identity who struggles in different ways, 
you cannot really have representation because you bring a person of color who is so privileged in so many levels and also experiences socioeconomic level that doesn't even understand these students of color and what goes in their homes. There are, there are people who use the diversity card when it needed for them and then go on to racially profiling, as Danielle said, other students. So if you don't bring people with intersectional identity who understand inclusion and who challenge themselves to understand their students, then there is no difference between them and the white teachers who continuously gaslight us and are being racist towards us. Yeah, um, I'll add on to that, that that's um, a, a good way to think about that is what is included in the curriculum, right? So there can be a lot of black teachers, a lot of even uh, brown teachers, right? Um, that, you know, are represent, representing the county, right? Like demographic wise. But if all we're teaching is on white history, right? Then like, what is the point? in that, right? So there's not an emphasis on black history and we have such a black, a rich black history in Prince William County. Like I had to find out outside of the county that Garfield was the first desegregated school in the county. Like that's not something that's taught to us, right? Um, and so it's like, what are you, who are you teaching for and why is the question, right? And so we need those people that have a critical lens um, a decolonized lens and that can understand the importance of history, right? So that's why it's it's not only representation, but it's it's uh, intentionality, like what's their intention and how they're going to apply their teaching methods, right? When you brought that up, that just made me think about all the times where I just assumed like because somebody looked like me or they had some type of black brown in them, they would be for me and always like my kind of advocate. And through this conversation and my own experiences in this previous year, I've realized that's definitely not the case. And it got me thinking like, we we have all these things that are seen as like the ideal way to conduct like school or just like our community in general. Like we're like diversity, oh, we need this. And then everybody jumped on that train. And now I'm just thinking like, what would our ideal community or school space look like if all these things that we thought were going to give us like the golden ticket are not necessarily uh, everything that we need and they're just not enough? Does anybody have like any ideas of what their ideal community would look like or their school community at that in regards to race and ethnicity? Well, I'll just say that in regards to race and ethnicity, um, I would like to see more black and brown teachers and administrators, um, especially since we're a majority minority county is what they call us a lot of times. So yeah. it's like bizarre that we that the schools don't necessarily represent that at all. And I think that's because of gatekeeping when it comes to like teaching um, programs and stuff like it's harder. I think Alex was talking about how like the teachers tend to become whiter as you go up the grades. And mm -hmm. that has to do with the with the gatekeeping with these programs where you have to get more certifications to teach all of these higher grades. And there is like a reason for it, but there's no pipeline to get these black and brown students to become these teachers, but there's a pipeline to the prison. You see what I'm saying? Like, what yeah. is your, what is your purpose, you know, in the school system, if you're just going to funnel them all to, to prisons, right. Instead of funneling them to like teacher preparation programs or something. Uh, I guess I'll go. I think for me, um, 
to some extent, like I already live in the in in the ideal community that I want to live in. Like our our community is diverse, you know. Our community is all the things that we that we say it is. The problem is that the people in power don't reflect that, you know. So that to me is more more important than than anything. And and to and to uh, uh, sort of like piggyback picking picking back on on what Danielle uh, just spoke of and Zara mentioned in regards to uh, having sort of like this um, this lens right of of just like of like transformative justice and 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 um, intersection intersectionality and all these all these uh, different ideas right that are really important and I think that a, a lot of people need to know in in order to be uh, more understanding of the different backgrounds that people have. So uh, not even, so it doesn't even necessarily like have to be like, I wouldn't even say that it necessarily has to be like a, a really diverse community, right? Uh, but what I, what I would like is like a, a more intentional, more intentionality in regards to like understanding different backgrounds, you know, so that, that you understand that not only like your community at large, but like the people that are like surrounding you, you know, that you live with, you know. But I know that that I know that's not always like realistic because certain certain towns are just just happen to be more more of one demographic than other, you know. So even but even in those even in those spaces, I want I would what I would want is that 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 those people are being taught the same things in a sense, you know, that the people in more diverse locations are being taught, you know. So that we're all sort of like collectively reaching this point where, that we need to be. I would also add that um, listen to your students. Um, for a long time, brown and black students were complaining that we are studying in a school called Stonewall Jackson High School while we have majority black and brown students. And for a long time, there was this movement of repainting the image of Stonewall Jackson as the good person that he was and as a defender of uh, Manassas. Um, and we don't realize what impact that would have on students' mental health and what would you tell about the students on and their worth of being studying under somebody's, um, under the name of somebody and the person who, who um, actually contributed to the oppression of these people. Yeah. Another thing is um, a change in curriculum is very, very important because what would you tell to your indigenous teacher who are teaching Christopher Columbus as the hero of America? Um, think about how much this curriculum actually not only impact the students, but also the teachers of color and teachers from marginalized group and how much we push them out of the spaces of being educators and, um, and actually try to help their students. Um, and also my number three point is that you need to be careful of not putting all the burden on teachers and students to educate you. Just because you hire three teachers of color doesn't mean that your whole math department should be looking up to them in order to be educated. And that doesn't mean that because there was a racist incident in your classroom, you have to go and talk to the teacher and tell them, well, would you handle this for me? It is your job. The students of color and teachers of color are not getting paid to solve the racism in your classrooms. They are there to teach and also 
also help the people around them, but they are not there to solve all of these because these students and these teachers also have lives and they are also having mental health. And therefore, it is very important for us to learn to educate ourselves and don't put the burden on other, other people. That's very well said. Um, I guess I just want to say, um, as we head into our hour, uh, thank you so much for joining us. This was like a very eye-opening experience for me. And just like knowing that like the patterns of like injustice and like inequity toward our students of color have stayed the same since like 10 years uh, ago. It's just, it's just sad. And I mean, this is the beginning. I mean, this is, the, I mean, we're starting the conversation. We talked to the school board we're talking to the students this is where we're going to start and it is only when we as alex said before that right now there i mean the we have diversity that we need to highlight and to appreciate we need to work toward like appreciating and highlighting and just uplifting the students of color so i just want to say thank you again and um on to our typical outro. Thank you for joining us and stay tuned for an upcoming episode where we'll talk about juvenile justice system. Remember, the views expressed on this podcast are of those of the content creators and guests alone and do not necessarily reflect those of an official entity. This has been Prince William Colors. And as you know, Prince William Colors is an inclusive production. If you have questions, an idea for an episode, or you just want to get involved, contact princewilliamcolors at gmail.com. More episodes can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So don't forget to subscribe.